you still go back to those students and I see those smiling faces and those are the ones we're doing that for. Hi, and welcome to What's Best for Kids, the podcast that digs deep into what educators wish parents knew about education and what parents wish educators knew about parenting. I'm your host, Rob Copo. I'm the parent of two kids who went to public school, and I've been in public education for more than 25 years as a teacher, coach, and administrator. I'm currently the principal of Torrey Pines High School in San Diego, California, and every day I ask myself, what's best for kids? On today's show, we're going to talk about the rise in out-of-control fan conduct and the impact bad behavior is having on high school athletics. With me today is Todd Casson, the Assistant Commissioner for the CIF San Diego section. Todd, welcome to the podcast. Ah, thanks, Rob. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, today's topic is something that uh, I think every administrator all over the country is wrestling with right now, and I, I know it's been a focus for CIF this year. So mm-hmm. before we get started, why don't we give it a? Uh, why not you give us a little bit of idea of your background? What brought you to being with CIF? Sure. First of all, thanks for having me on today. You know, love to see that moving to a podcast and and reaching a different, I'd say, demographic out there. So we're looking and doing the same thing. So kudos to you and your team. Uh, what brought me to where I am today is really athletics. You know, I can't think of making it through high school without the sports I played. I, I would get up every morning and think of it's fall. Okay, I'm playing football. It's winter. I'm playing basketball. In the spring, I'm either running track or playing baseball. And that was my reason to go to school, hang out with my friends. And I really wasn't thinking that far ahead. But that's what actually led me to college and where I thought I was going to become a physical therapist. And about four years in, throughout three and a half, actually, got a call from a friend who uh, I'd played high school football with who was actually coaching in Orange County and asked me if I wanted to come over to Western High School and coach football. And my answer quickly was no. You know, are you kidding me? I don't want to. I don't want to run around in those tight bike shorts and you know blow whistles and yell at kids. You don't like polyester? Um, yeah, no. I, Sands about I, polyester pants. I honestly, that was the vision of coaching in my right. mind, and I was like, oh no. And he told me he's like, oh, it's so different. You know, you got to come over here and check this out. You're gonna love it. And I went over there, uh, was hired to coach at the freshman level, and I would think within about two days I was hooked. Um, hooked in the ability to work with kids, um, her, you know, hooked on being able to, you know, work with a team and have a team goal and moving forward. And I thought to myself, I don't think I'm going to become a physical therapist. Now I need to figure out how I'm going to get into education, uh, which really took me to, you know, fi- finishing off a teaching credential and uh, working my way, becoming a coach and coaching for multiple years at that school before moving down to Poway High School and coaching. And that led me towards administration. And become- what did you teach? I was a math teacher and a health teacher. Okay. So algebra and geometry. In fact, my youngest just told me yesterday about, uh, I brought a geometry question to it. And I was, to be honest with you, struggling to figure it out, but it's been too long. But, <laughs> well, uh, it's all integrated. Exactly. Now, so, yeah. Exactly. But no, it's, uh, you think about how those little steps change your life. And, you know, that mm-hmm. brought me, it was athletics that brought me to administration and teaching administration, which opened up the opportunities to work here at CIF and now focus back 100% on high school athletics. Well, it's got to be pretty exciting. You were a three-sport athlete, and now you're helping spread that message as well. Are we going to get into the specialization conversation today? Oh, we sure can. <laughs> we sure can. That's going to be slightly I, off unfortunately, topic. Unfortunately, I but... see that at home, too, and try yeah. to put a stop to it, you know? But uh, no, I, I love my time in being able to focus on different sports, you know, when one sport was going to an end and being able to pick up right. something else. But it is difficult in what you see on the, uh, I would say, 
you know, in the climate of today's athletics. And what's your title now here with CIF? Uh, currently, I'm the, don't know. currently, I'm the assistant commissioner of the San Diego section of CIF. Okay. Very nice. honored to be so. And weren't you, you were also a principal. Where were you principal? I was principal at Westview High School. How long How were you, you there? Five? I was a principal for seven years. Wow. And then I moved on to the district office where I got to oversee the high schools in Poway Unified for three years. Oh, that had to be enlightening. It was. It was. Yeah. You know, it's uh, when you get really used to how your school does things, it was right. really enlightening to jump in and see see the other high schools that were really close and you worked with on a regular basis, but to see them at a different level. I was very impressed. It is amazing to me. Uh, I had one year in the Grossmont District how similar and yet how different every site oh, yeah. is. You kind of have this assumption that we all are doing the same stuff and in some ways we are, yeah. but in very different ways. Every, 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 like you know, we used to call schools learning communities and to me right. each learning community is so different, yeah. just like the different communities we have here in San Diego. But um, I know as a principal, when you walk onto a campus, you know the culture right. and you can feel the culture very quickly. Well, I want to start by thanking you for the work you do. Uh, without the work of CIF, our student athletes don't have an opportunity to compete. And uh, we'll get into the whole ref thing later, too. I've got those bad bench behavior signs all over my gym right now. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, CIF doesn't get the credit it deserves for making high school athletics possible. Can you maybe talk a little bit more about what CIF's role is and what uh, philosophies guide your work? I know we have pillars that we give a speech about before every yeah. basketball game, but speak a little bit more about how you see the role of CIF in the county. I think CIF really sets the parameters and the foundations uh, for high school athletics so that we're all sitting on an equal playing field, that we all know the bylaws that we need to abide by. And we're setting a basis for all, for all of our student athletes, whether they're freshmen playing at the freshman level, all the way to our varsity student athletes, that they're playing on an, on an equal footing, that the bylaws are the same and everybody steps in knowing what those parameters and foundations are. Um, but we also have to be current and we have to be able to look at our bylaws and make sure they're adjusting to what we're seeing, not only in the San Diego section, but throughout the state of California. I think California is a little different when you see uh, across the nation in regards to high school athletics. So yeah. I think it's something that luckily our commissioners come together on a regular basis. We have a state office that's forward focused and we're able to look at those bylaws and say, OK, you know, is this really impacting the student athletes the way it should? Um, moving forward. A perfect example is the NIL name image likeness, you know, that California mm -hmm. has always approved. You know, it's been something that California has always had student athletes that were able to make money based upon their name image or likeness. But as we look at it now, things are changing. So our bylaws need to make some adjustments as well to make sure our student athletes are on the same page and understanding what can you do and what can't you do moving forward. So what are some of the, just for, you know, those who don't deal with high school athletics every day and might be listening, what are some of the, uh, the guiding philosophies of CIF? I think it's really about creating, creating that environment for your students to, to succeed, mm -hmm. you know, students and coaches, because we do have that ability to provide the foundations of creating that environment and setting it. Is it based on sportsmanship? Is mm -hmm. it based on equity? Is it based on equality? What are we doing to really level that playing field for all of our students? They should have those opportunities. We shouldn't have to wait for something like Title IX to come through right. to make sure we're looking at the right thing. So really focusing on that sportsmanship, are the opportunities there, um, and how can we improve them? How can we work to always create that environment that we would want our student athletes, you know, sons or daughters, right. or the students that we work with to be able to, to succeed in that program? So one of the 
topics I know that is, uh, was a focus for CIF this year. I was not able to get to the symposium. I apologize, but I talked to Charlene, who's also been on the podcast, our mm-hmm. athletic director about it. And I also experienced it uh, last week in the uh, first game of the season between Torrey Pines and LCC, yeah. two teams that have a storied rivalry, shall oh, yeah. we say. It's, it's one of the best rivalries in this section. That's one way of describing it. <laughs> uh, it's It's got its on sort of you know a michigan ohio state level in terms of its uh uh, us versus them approach and it's gotten better over the years but uh our last game was great until it wasn't uh, until the very end but anyway so fan conduct's been an issue i think countywide nationwide we've we've seen this for years and um do you i'm just kind of curious since you were a student athlete and this is that's what got you into this do you think it's any worse now than it's been, or are we just more focused on it now? I think it's. I, I think it is definitely worse now. I think there definitely have been some strides of of stepping back in regards to the expectations and behavior uh, that we've seen over the years. But I also think it's it's something that when it's focused on, um, our student athletes are rising to the challenge. Yeah. You know, we we look back at our ejection data a few years ago. And, you know, the, the former uh, commissioner and assistant commissioner, Jerry Schneep and, and John Levita, really took some steps with the, with the sport of soccer. They were seeing some major issues mm-hmm. and injections of the sport of soccer. So they started meeting with the coaches of each conference and made it mandatory. And they came, you know, and they all sat down and went through the expectations. I've been extremely impressed with what I've seen over my time. My time is I've been in here three years now. Our student, the ejections of our student athletes continue to decrease. You know, this focus on sportsmanship that we're asking our student athletes to improve their behavior, they're improving their behavior. Last year, we saw, I would say, what was a spike in the amount of coaches being ejected, hmm. which was like, whoa, you know, how are how yeah. are the leaders and the, and the role models of our programs getting ejected at such a high level, especially in the winter and spring? Wow. Um, so it was something we really focused on this year in working with our conferences. We're seeing, we're seeing, I would say, uh, a slight decline in that. So that's impressive to see that those numbers are, are dropping a little bit too. With coaches? With mean? coaches, okay. yeah. Um, but where we're still seeing a spike, I woke up this morning to find four misconducts uh, in, in our report system, and three of them were all about spectators and fans in the sports of basketball and soccer. And, you know, to read what, what these people are, you know, or what the report is, right. is, is sometimes it's hard to believe you're reading it. It's, you know, I, I can't believe someone would go to that length after a contest or during a contest in regards to how you would treat an official. So it's, it's one of those things that you can really see our student athletes are doing better. Our coaches are doing better, but for some reason, our, our spectators are not. And that's something we really need to focus on. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, I know we're talking about speculating here, but you deal with it every day, I think, in a, on a much higher level than I do because yeah. you have a much better perspective. I'm pretty myopic about my own site. And, yes, I understand uh, the teams we play, and I obviously am at a lot of um, high-level athletic events. But what do you think is at the root of the problem? And is there, is there anything jumping out to you having been around this? I think in, in reading based upon the parents that I've dealt with and reading the, the, the reports, it really feels like they have, they believe they have the right to mm. act this way. Yeah. That, that, you know, I have the right to, to address an official. I have the right, the right to, to say what I want. Um, 
And, and to me, you don't, <laughs> right. you know, and I don't know if that really came through, through the pandemic, you know, where we've seen behaviors all across mm-hmm. our communities that you're like, you know, what's going on there. It's kind of like when our students came back from being at home, there were behavior issues. You know, I heard it from so many schools right. throughout the state. And now I'm hearing, okay, that's really correcting itself. And students are really understanding what they're supposed to be doing on the campus. And, you know, for the most part, um, for some reason that hasn't got gotten through to the parents. You know, one administrator I talked to today said, not only am I working and, and trying to, you know, train the leaders of tomorrow and working with our students. And I love that. But when I'm out there on the field, I feel like I'm having to train a whole community of parents on what's acceptable and what's not acceptable you know, in regards to their behavior while watching a contest, which as an educator, we never realized, you know, we're going to have a few parent nights, right? but it's, I'm not going to be the one training a parent on what they need to be doing, but it's exactly what, what, what I heard from an administrator today. Yeah. It's something we didn't really consider. I mean, fan conduct's always been an issue. Uh, I'll never forget 25 ish years ago when I first took a um, the head coach job at um, Orange Glen and, and soccer. And, and they said, are you sure? Because last year we had a, not a bench clearing, but a stands clearing fight on the mm. field. And I said, oh, okay. And first year teacher. And I'm yeah. like, sure, I'll take the team. <laughs> uh, so I did. And sure enough, we had a bench clearing fight yeah. on the field. And, but at least the parents were compliant enough this time to stay off the field until yep. the end. Of course, then they got in my face afterwards and said, I was wrong to tell the kids not to fight. Like, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I asked them to call the superintendent and say that. Um, so, I mean, it's it's always been around, but I, I agree with you. I did not expect to have to intervene with fans as often. Mm-hmm. And we learned that, I think I'll be honest with you, we were a little underprepared for this year's football season because we had in our head that it was, uh, I think that pandemic year we didn't have fans. Boy, was it easier to run the events. Oh, yeah. And then we kind of eased back into it. And then this year they just started getting bigger. Like I've had more fans at our games than we've ever seen. Yeah. And they, it isn't just high school football. It's a community event. Yeah. And that comes with a yeah. whole other set of set of issues. Yeah. And you're talking about the soccer issue, having arguments with parents that I know well, yeah. that think this is, as you said, they're right. Well, no, getting on the refs is part of the game. Well, it won't be very much longer because we won't have refs, which means we don't have games. Exactly. <laughs> so, hundred percent. And you know, I, I have a daughter who plays at the at the varsity level, and one who plays at the JV level. And I sit there as a parent, and believe me, sometimes I'm like, "Oh my God, what was that call?" You know, right. or you know, at my daughter, "Oh my God, what was that play?" <laughs> but I also know, you know, we can't be the ones sitting here yelling at the officials. You know, it's not going to change anything. And that's the other thing as a coach, you know. If I'm focusing on the official, it's not changing anything. Right. The call is what it is. The official's out there doing the best thing they can. You know, you brought up a point about, you know, so many people attending your games. On one side, how awesome is that? Oh, it's you know, fantastic. Um, you know, Del Mar, the, you know, your, the Del Mar community, you know, my father-in-law used to live in Del Mar. None of his sons, none of my brother-in-laws played for Torrey Pines. Mm-hmm. All Torrey Pines graduates. Where's, where would my father-in-law be on a Friday night? He's either watching a Torrey Pines basketball game or a Torrey Pines football game. Right. He still texts me every every Friday night. Hey, you know, how the Falcons do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> He's got great taste. It is, but it's, you know, he, he loves it so much because, you know, he came back into town. Where did he want to go on Friday night? I'm like, oh, you want to go see your daughter's game? <laughs> you know, no, I want to go see Torrey Pines. You know, it's it's that community. Mm-hmm. But it's, it is also when it gets that big to me, the planning 
that is is you know is so important like have you really prepared for this to be a community event where you know not only what's happening on your side what's happening on the visitor side absolutely you know yeah. and, and those two schools working together to make sure that the event is secure because it's uh you know it's they have become really big since we've returned which is great to see yeah it, it is great to see and and by the end of the season we got it a little bit more dialed in but that switch has yet to be flipped like we flipped the switch hey we got roughly four thousand people in the stadium that's a legit large concert yeah. so we need to have certain things uh, um in play or, or, or um uh, set up for everybody yeah. but and I'm sure you guys get this all the time too. I, I don't know if I can fight with people anymore, but no, once you leave, you can't come back. Oh yeah. You can't go to a college game and do that. You can't yep. go to the Padres and go out to your car and come back and get your sweatshirt. I'm sorry, plan ahead. Yep. Stop asking me this yep. question. The signs could not be bigger. Yep. This is a major event that we need to control. It is not your kid's soccer game down the road. Yeah. And there is sort of this, I want this big event, but I don't want to act like it's a big event. Yeah. Don't hold me accountable like it's a big event. Yeah. But why aren't you better planned for this big event? I'm yeah. like, guys, we can't win. Help yeah. us out here. Well, and, and nobody knows how many people, you know, for, for you just said 4,000 people at, a, at an event. Think of how many staff members that you have that are now working overtime. Mm -hmm. That, you know, Friday night football is not on their contract. Right. You know, they are now doing this, um, you know, partly to help out the school. Partly because it is part of their job as they're doing for, you know, for supervision responsibilities, but it really takes that whole group and how much planning goes in, how many people are involved. And when it gets down to the parent that you're talking about that wants to go get their sweater, they believe they're the only one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I'm sorry, you know, that's why all of our signs say no readmittance, you know, on mm -hmm. one side, it's, this is where you're buying your ticket. On the other one, as you're looking at, it, as you're walking out, it says there's no readmittance. Any CIF event, you walk out, you're not coming back in. Right. You know, and you know, very often, I mean, it is seven, 10 bucks, whatever it is to get in. Some people will just pay the second ticket and do the whole mm -hmm. thing and they, they, they can't afford to do it. And that's yeah. fine. But I'm like, I, we're trying to engage them in a positive way to say, Hey, look, yeah. I'm not trying to hassle you, but yeah. you can't do this anywhere else. Why is there an expectation you could do it here? Yeah. I need that little script to flip. And then I think the other one that's been really getting me uh, recently is, is uh, official abuse yeah. or abuse of officials. Like it has always been part of athletics to a certain extent. And yeah, in your living room, you can scream your head off. Oh, yeah. But when you've got a human being out there who is not getting paid a heck of a whole lot of money to ensure that your child has high school athletics, how about we take our foot off the gas pedal a little bit and let them do their job? Are they going to make mistakes? 100%. Yeah. Do they know they made a mistake? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Does you reminding of a mistake help them switch that? Nope. No, yeah. <laughs> not at all. And I, to me, it's all perspective. Hmm. You know, you know, what's your role while you're at the game? Yeah. You know, why did you come to the game? Did you come to the game to yell at the official? I'll be honest with you. I, I, some of the student sections I used to have back at Westview, I think that was. Yep. They're uh, absolutely they're, they're reason. It's they, a sport because they saw it in college. They see it on TV every yeah. Saturday that they oh look, you know, look what the Dukies are doing to, you know, the you know, the, the opponents that come in that come into Cameron Indoor. You know, it's it's something that they see is like, oh, now I can do that. Yeah. You know, I want to become part of the show. And it's like, you know, no, you're there to be have fun. You're there to really support the student athletes. I would hope that you're there to even support the officials. I'm not naive right. <laughs> and believe that's going to happen, but I would hope so. But um, it, it's really, you know, you think of the changes that we've really seen in student sections and, you know, 
I, I could tell the one I was with, they, they would really get negative at times and they would really be creative in, right. a, in a negative way. Um, but it was something as the, as the move became more to when they started to institute the battle of the fans mm-hmm. and you start to see, you know, other schools and you're like, wow, why is that school winning? That school doesn't have a bigger student section than we do. Well, if you went to the game, you'd see it. Yeah. There weren't any negative cheers. Mm-hmm. You know, the focus was on the student section, having a good time being together and supporting their student athletes out on the court, not yelling at the officials, not pointing out the the opponents that they're playing. Right. You know, it was a focus on their school and being positive, you know, and to go around last year, I got to go around to the schools the, that, that were the finalists of the Battle of the Fans. And I just met with the student leaders. Talk about an, a, a reminder of how good, you know, yeah. how good yeah. our section is and the student athletes of our section. I was blown away. You know, these, you know, I'm thinking to myself when I was 18, could I have sat there and talked about our student sections or our student athletes that way? Not a chance. Right. Walked away. So impressed the planning that these students go through, just like we do for big events. Now our student sections are planning in detail of, okay, here's the cheers we're going to do at this time. Mm -hmm. One of the questions I even asked was, you know, what's the biggest issue you're seeing? You know, one of the schools said, you know, how can we drown out our parents? <laughs> I was, and I was like, how classic is that? That you're as a student section thinking, well, our, our parents can get pretty negative. How, wow. how can we, wow. how can we, when they start to go that way, start getting a little bit louder, you know? And I was like, wow, I, I can't believe what I'm hearing right now. That is pretty amazing. And I agree with you. I've been really impressed by uh, how compliant the kids have been, uh, especially this year. Cause in the fall, huge student section, bigger than we've ever had before. And we have a, you know, game before school even starts and the stands are still packed and they would start to go with in a sort of a negative direction. And I would stand in front and talk to them. They go, okay, Copa, we can't do that. All right. And they would listen and nod and change what they were doing. They just didn't know. It seemed normal. I think you're right. They're seeing examples. I think one of the best and worst things that ever happened to San Diego County was the show for San Diego state uh, basketball it's a great student section. Don't yeah. want to take anything away. My son's an Aztec right now, yeah. but I think our kids saw that and said, okay, let's turn up the volume and do even more at the yeah. high school level and create challenges. But even in this LCC game the other night, the crowd was, our, our student section was the biggest I'd ever seen. Uh, in was this at home? Was it yeah, at this was at home and yeah. in, in what they like to call the olive garden. Uh, yes. Our, for for, for those of you that. listening, very uh, appropriate. Yes, very appropriate. our coach's name is John Olive, John, and so they call him an the unbelievable Olive coach. Yes, he is unbelievable. Coach. And so they, the entire lower bleachers bleachers were filled uh, with our kids. It was game day black, so everybody's in black, and they did. And I'm you know, walking second. up and down. When did black ever become a Tory Pines color? Well, isn't black part of every school's color now? <laughs> every school has managed to work black into it. Um, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast. Don. Uh, and so I'm walking up and down as, as free throws would happen and all that sort of thing. And, you know, the kids would yell out the occasional stuff and we'd shut it down. They were great until the very end of the game. And then it was the storming of the court piece got completely out of control. Yep. Could have been injuries. And I know you guys have faced that as well. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, they went too far. Yep. We held them in a good spot until that moment. Um, that was disappointing and we'll work that out because they think that's part of it now too. Um, I blame, uh, Stanford Cal for that back in the day. Um, 
The band is on the field. Yes, the band is on the field. <laughs> so you have to, I think, be over 50 to get that reference. Yep. So if you're not, I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, but it was recently on ESPN, so maybe maybe a few younger generations picked it up. Well, it's important to respect yep. the classics. Exactly. Yeah. So getting into some of those incidents, I, I know you had mentioned at a North County conference meeting there's been a couple of uh, interventions this year. Just so that people listening kind of know, we kind of share – what ha let's say we do get some fan behavior that's completely out of control. What are some of the things uh, that we can implement to uh, at the game itself? Uh, you know, first, if I could, Robin, step back to, you know, when we had our symposium and the focus was sportsmanship across the board. Mm -hmm. And one of the after we, you know, we did the, you know, the the keynote speak and, and you know, Dr. Nichetti came down from our state office and was able to address the group. Um, we also had we also had two key um speeches right after that you know that every all of our administrators and athletic directors had to attend and one of those was the importance of preseason meetings with mm. your parents yeah you know and it's it's something that as i go around our, our section and i learn listen to schools and listen to conferences you, you do hear um several schools don't have these don't have these meetings you know and i think to myself as a former principal if i wanted behavior to change how am i going to change it the first thing I got to do is I got to set the expectation and then I got to follow through. Yeah. You know, and like we've already talked about with our students right now, you set that expectation and you follow through your students will meet that expectation 99% of the time. Are they, are they going to make mistakes? Yeah. We made mistakes, you know, you not know, me. You, never. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm lying. Not, not for me. I'm um, lying. But I, I can tell you, I was always so impressed when you set that expectation. Like you said, you tell the students one thing and all of a sudden, like, you know, you tell them, hey, we're not storming the court. That was that was that was a mistake. Most of your kids will look at and be like, OK, I got it now. I can't do that. Yeah. You've set the expectation. You followed through. You've told me we're, you, you do this. I'm going to kick you guys out. You're not watching any more games, you know. So you, you set that expectation. So I think that's something where we're really missing with our parents is mm -hmm. is setting that preseason expectation that if you have a kid on the team, you really need to attend one of these meetings where the, the principal can set their expectation. The athletic director can set their expectation and, and the coach. Cause I think one of the things, the key people in this role are, are our coaches. Yeah. You know, they really have a lot of those relationships where on a, on a much more personal level than we do at the administrative level where they, you know, they see a, a parent that's having an issue. They can sometimes, you know, in between, you know, days between contests have a phone call. Hey, we can't be doing that. You know, so I think there there really is an importance of having those preseason meetings from the at the parent side. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things we've also instituted is the mandatory um, sportsmanship meetings for all of our student athletes at, prior to at each season. And what you see in that to me is the coaches and the student athletes together going over those those ethics, you know, ethics right. and sports forms. And I think that's actually played a role in the reduction of our coaches being ejected because if i'm going to go through and go through that and set that expectation with my student athletes man i'm going to follow through and you know i i can't be the one out there going against the ethics in sports when i'm role modeling and leading you know these student athletes yeah. so i think those have played a, a a really key role i think when you look at our parents and, and like what can we do i think the biggest part is we've set that expectation now we need to follow through that if our parents are not behaving the way they should, sometimes we have to remove them. You know, this year alone, I think we've had three or four gyms that have been completely removed of spectators just so we can continue a basketball game. 
a few of these have been at the JV level. That's what I've noticed too. So it's yeah. I, to me, it's we're so fired up at a JV level game because an official might have missed a call that it's got to the point now that the official like we have to remove all spectators. Right. You know, it's happened. I think three or I think only three times maybe in soccer where we've had to remove an entire side of a soccer because of the unbelievably inappropriate things they were saying, you know, racist, um, you know, just things that are completely inappropriate. Like you would never, ever allow to be said on a school setting, but yet believe it, believe it's okay to say that at a, at a, at an athletic event. So right again, at a kid's athletic event, exactly. I know there's a lot at stake and I know they seem mature, but this is not, professional. This is not even college. These are not adults. Yeah. They're still children who are learning from us. And we've turned this into this game where we can say whatever we want because it's our Friday night somehow. Well, you can, but at what cost? Exactly. You know what we had a, at one of our championship games, it was the game was over and apparently one of our officials was moving from the side of the field towards the area to leave and, and was, you know, almost hit with a water bottle that flew from the top of the stands. And, and, you know, it's like you might have been very angry at the at the call the official did. What is throwing a water bottle in the direction, you know, that almost hurts somebody? Mm-hmm. What, what does that accomplish? You know, to me, that person, if we're able to find that person, that person should never be allowed to attend another high school event. I'd agree. You know, it's like you, you can't. You've got to, to me, always be able to learn from a situation. But how, I'm not sure you can learn from that, that you think it's okay to go through and, and throw water bottles or something or throw something down on the field. Yeah, and typically you'll get that, well, I was just messing around. I wasn't trying to hit him. Always get the excuse. And so uh, when we are able to identify, but typically not. I mean, that yep. was a big issue with the yep. football games. Not this year. We, we clamped down on the water bottles last year. That was a big thing. It became normal to start throwing water bottles. I'm like, where did this come from, guys? And, yeah. and the kids, and like, kids again yeah. would be like, wait, Copa, we're not allowed to? I'm like, no, yeah. they're heavy. They hurt people. Exactly. Stop with the water bottles. And they were generally complying. We've, we've yeah. calmed that down a little bit, but they weren't quite as targeted as yeah. something like that. But just like to me, you know, Rob, I would say if you had a student really acting inappropriately, you'd ask, you'd have that student leave yeah, and you'd follow up with them when school returned on Monday or Absolutely. the very next day. I'll be honest with you. I think we need to be doing something very similar with our parents. Mm-hmm. You know, just because they're they're a parent at the at the game doesn't mean that they're able to just do whatever they want. And if they're not meeting the expectation, they should be removed from the event. You know, um, I think it's something that we 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 tread lightly with because you know, again, we want to respect our parents and we should respect the parents, but we also need to make sure that they're they are are leading as role models and leading as part of the community. That if they're not meeting that standard, they can't be at the games. So we've had, you know, I can't tell you how many misconduct reports this year that are, like I said this morning, I think it were just three out of the four were mm-hmm. spectator or fan related. Anytime a, a spectator is removed, they can be removed for the rest of the season. You know, that's something a school can make that decision. A district can make that decision um, because I think, and that's for home and away. Right. You know, yeah. is if you've made that decision where you've gotten to the point where you've had to be removed man, you really shouldn't be coming back. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. With the parents, it's always been tricky uh, because they're there to see their kids. Uh, They can be hyped up for the game. I've been an athletic parent myself and a coach. And we've had to try to remind everybody that this isn't entertainment. 
And I think that's what gets forgotten sometimes. This is a school activity. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine going to a dance and heckling? Yeah. No. Uh, granted, it's a basketball game. I get it. It's very, maybe not a great analogy here, but we have to remind everybody that these are events to enrich a student's live life and screaming at the officials or getting worked up and getting upset is not enriching their lives in any way. Yeah. And I love the, um, the term that CIF use education-based athletics because mm -hmm. drawing that line between club and education-based athletics is yeah. important. And even when, you know, when I coach soccer, the rule for many of the club teams was you cannot contact a coach for 48 hours after a game. We just will not respond. Yeah. And, uh, we try to do that, you know, with our coaches and I, I, I can tell you the trainings for coaches and the trainings for our, our players, the CIF has put on have worked because I started at Tory 15 years ago. They put me over athletics, which mm -hmm. I thought was crazy. Um, I'm a film major and <laughs> Brett from, <laughs> was like, here you go. You have athletics at Tory Pines. Nice oh, work, thanks Brett. dude. Um, and I learned a lot really fast, but, uh, uh, it hit, I, I think the climate for the coaches and the players has changed dramatically. Yeah. And now that last piece is try to get the community together because while it's parents, I have banned, uh, I know at least one person from Tory games for the future. There was a community member who would come to games and get out of control and we had issues and, um, ha had to officially ban from everything. Mm -hmm. And, had a good conversation with this individual. It worked, hasn't been back. Um, it's trickier with a parent 100%. because they do feel like it's their right to go see their kid play. You can't kick me out of here. And we've had some instances where it's been, uh, there's been some obstinance. And so I've been talking to my team and I'm kind of curious what your uh, take is from both your time as a principal and here. Uh, we had a JV game that my AP just happened to go to because normally we don't cover those happened to be in there because a parent was out of control and he was very close to having to go to the refs and saying, Hey, we're going to stop the game until you go. Fortunately didn't have to, the parent finally left, but what are some of those things? Like, what do you kind of expect principals to do? What are some of the strategies you've used in the past? I, I think those are, you know, one kudos for being, being at the JV game. Cause mm -hmm. as we talked about earlier, there's a lot of issues, you know, and I, if we're not there and we talked about setting that example and setting the expectation, a lot of times those bad behaviors that have come over from the club world, you know, or something that they've done right. at their freshman or JV level that just matriculates to the varsity level. So I think, you know, when something pops up, you got to be able to address it. And the, the first pe people that can let you know about that is usually your coaches. Yeah. You know that, Hey, we're, we're having an issue with this parent. Uh, I can't tell you how many games I sat and watched basketball games or soccer games when I was an assistant principal or a principal right next to specific parents. Yep. Because I would tell them, Hey, I'm coming to sit with you today because, you know, and call them and let them know, you know, basically there's been issues in the past. If I hear any issues, I'm going to ask you to leave, you know? So just, just know when you see me come up and, and sit in the stands, I'm sitting next to you for a reason, right. you know? So it's really about, you know, to me taking, taking that approach of I'm going to be there you know, or a member of my team's going to be there. You know, and we're going to work with you. And here's our expectation. And you can meet it and attend the games or not attend the games. And I'm guessing you want to be there to watch your son or daughter right. out there playing. And I think it's it's something that, I'll be honest with you, the first couple of times I did it was extremely uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, I can remember one was a varsity basketball player, varsity boys basketball player, very good player. Um, and I love to watch this kid play. Unfortunately, when I went to watch him play, 
I got to sit next to his dad <laughs> because his dad at every time he would just be like, okay, Mr. Casson's here to, <laughs> Mr. Casson's here to sit by me. I'd be like, yep. Mm -hmm. And from there on out, everything was, was always okay. I'll be honest with you. I never had to actually ask him to leave the gym, but I sat there for the first couple of times, like, oh, this is very awkward. And then yeah. I thought to myself, you know what? It, it wasn't be, it wouldn't be awkward if I was sitting next to a student and, and, and letting them know, Hey, here's the expectation. Yeah. You know, when they, when they're sitting in your gym or they're sitting in another gym in our, in our, in our section, th those are, those are learning areas. When we talk about education-based athletics, the focus isn't always going to be on winning. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's going to be chances that there's going to be a learning opportunity for that student athlete at some point along the way. Some of those student athletes might not ever get in the game. Right. You know, and they're going to, there's going to be learning from that as well. But as you go through, it's a learning environment. And so what are we doing to improve that environment for our student athletes, coaches, and to be honest, the other spectators, mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many, and I'm sure you've gotten the same thing, parent emails, parent phone calls. Can you please do something about this other parent? Yeah. They're ruining the experience for us. You know, um, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, you kind of wish you just had the magic wand and everything would change at once, but you know, it won't. And as much work as you do in this area, there's always going to be more work to do because you're always going to have a new group coming in, right? A new group that you have to set that expectation. You know, uh, we talk about those, you know, those pregame uh, messages that go out from the announcer. I heard one over at Mission Hills for their playoff game. And I was blown away because they really brought that part into it that said, you know, remember that this is a, a classroom for our students on the field. Would you ever walk into your student's algebra teacher and start yelling at them based upon how they were teaching algebra? Based on some of the emails I get, I'd say yes. <laughs> there might be they some. They might do it afterward, but not during the class. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We, we've, uh, we have had some people just come on campus and go, I'm going to go talk to that teacher. And yeah. But no, your, your point's well taken. That, uh, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. This is an entertainment for the community. Yeah. Sounds like it, it was yeah. <laughs> for your family uh, on a certain level, but um, it needs to be seen as that outdoor classroom, that oh, yeah. gym classroom for the kids, because if they are going to play at the next level, great. Yep. But as we know, that's really not what high school athletics are supposed to be about. Yep. This may be, this is going to be the pinnacle for 90% of them and they need to enjoy it. And we need to sit back and clap. Yep. And, and I think your example about the, uh, um, the student sections the student sections that are, are, are the envy of the county are always the one that are so into their school, it's infectious. Yeah. And not the ones who are super creative with how they can heckle the other team. Oh, yeah. That stuff doesn't work. Yeah. That's pretty sixth grade as far as I'm concerned. You're mm -hmm. just making fun of the other kid. Yeah. Like, okay, how is the guys? That's, and I know that's become a big thing in, um, in, in soccer in particular. That's been the, how can we get creative with the refs? Yeah. One of my best soccer or best basketball players last year, as a matter of fact, was a former soccer player and would lead these at the games. And he was super creative and I would laugh. And then I would turn around and say, Hey, you got to knock that off. Yeah. Um, so like I, I did applaud the creativity, but yeah. you just can't keep doing that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so always love the creativity. You know? <laughs> That's the hard part. There, there is some real creative ones. And then you have to remind them, well, really not appropriate though you know right and they you know they they do uh push right up to the line so at this this lcc game the other night there was a kid and he got his three strikes so the first one like we're not doing that anymore he was calling out numbers hey number two you're this that and the other thing just knock it off 
second time. And then the third time, I'm like, that's it. Uh, you're done. He went, okay, Copo. And he just hung his head and he went up into the other stance. So at least he wasn't in the student session. I'm like, yeah. I'm not kicking you out yet because you weren't, he wasn't belligerent. He's yeah. just being a creative teenager. So I let him stay for the game. And that does tend to work. It's amazing that one student you kick out, everyone was like, okay, knock it off. Copo's actually going to kick kids out. Yeah. Um, but I've had a couple of fights. I kicked kids out one year and they went to the other fans. And so it was the same game. So they're oh, dressed yeah. in all black over with the LCC fans that are in all white. Yeah. That's not going to end well. No, no. So I had to escort them out. Yeah. They were not pleased. Um, but going back to the officials uh, issue, like I said, we have kind of jumped in neck deep with the bad bench behavior stuff mm -hmm. uh, that you guys have shared. We had, we printed the posters. We've got them all up and down our railing in, in the, uh, in the gym, we're trying to get them out to the stadium now as well, because mm -hmm. I think the point there is so critical what they're saying. And, and if we can't find a way to treat our officials more humanely, for mm -hmm. lack of a better term, we're not going to have them. Yeah. And I know we're already suffering as, as administrators, because I work more Saturdays now, as you guys know, mm -hmm. don't have officials, games are moved. Yeah. I'm still expected to be there. It's part of my contract. Uh, and that's taking me away from my family. It's making it less attractive to be an administrator. You're talking about having to go to games and sit next to parents, yep. which is not what you want to do. You want to be down supporting and cheering for the kids oh, yeah. and making sure the cash box is getting handled, all the yep. stuff you're really supposed to do. So it comes down to why do we have to make it this way? And I want to get this message out. But anyway, getting back to the officials, what have you seen from your perspective this year? I'm kind of curious to kind of throw the curtain back about what's the critical level in terms of uh, officials? What are you hearing from officials? And are we at like DEFCON 5? Like how close are we to really losing some events because we can't get good people to do yeah. this anymore? Well, you know, I, I think we've already, you know, coming out of the pandemic was a huge issue for our mm, officials. Okay. You know, a lot of our officials um, have not returned, um, depending on the sport. Um, some, you know, you know, just got to the age where we're aging out, we're retiring from, from that part of their career. Right. Um, but also I think, you know, just like other industries, uh, people coming back out of the pandemic of, do I really want to jump back into that? Mm -hmm. Do I really want to put my time, effort, passion, you know, everything I need to do to be, be successful at something and then be treated this way, you know, and then, and then have to sit there and be yelled at and berated, you right. know? Um, to be honest with you, it's something we've even talked about school administrators, mm -hmm. you know, do, do I want to continue when I'm doing all of this and here's, here's the way I'm being treated, you know, usually by a parent, you know, um, but it's something that, that it is at the critical level, you know, we are okay. seeing, we are seeing some positive numbers in return that we get, we get monthly reports from our, from our state office of recruitment. So our, our section has been doing a very good job of recruiting officials. So very pleased to see that, but you speak about football. We had to move at least 25% of our games off Friday night because we don't have enough football officials to make, to, to make that happen. Yeah. Every single sport that we go into, whether it be boys and girls volleyball, whether it be boys and girls lacrosse, whether it be soccer, one of the things we always hear from, from the officials is we currently do not have enough officials to play within this current schedule. So even though we're continuing to recruit and we keep – you know, if I'm a young official and I walk out there and I'm getting berated for three hours, I'm not sure why I would, would return. Agreed. You know, what's, what's the, you know, what's, what's the benefit of it? Like, you know, it's, it's definitely not the money that they're doing it for. So what's, the, you know, what's the benefit of, you know, why, why should I subject myself to that? I don't even know this person. And they're calling me all these names 
you know, right. they're going to make fun of, they're going to make fun of, of, you know, uh, my background, who I am, my height, my, you know, the things that I've heard over the time, my weight, my, you know, my ethnicity, it's, it's amazing what people think that they have the right to say, but as I know we've covered that, that already, but it's, again, it's just ask the official, why would I do it? Why would I subject myself to that? And then, the, you know, to come back and do that again. So we are at the critical level. I love to see that we're, we're taking, um, you know, the steps that, that were, looks like they're improving in regards to numbers, but is it sustainable when you see how people are being treated? My answer would be no, that yeah. you're always going to need to be recruiting because people are going to be, why, why put up with this? You know, and now if I'm doing a field hockey game, is it going to be down to one official? Mm -hmm. We don't have two to do a game, you know, lacrosse, is it going to be down to one? Is it, you know, soccer? We're just going to have one in the middle and just guess on the outside. I mean, yeah, and hope for the best. It's, yeah, yeah it, it's something that you look at and say, that's not, you know, that's not the environment that, that, that we want created for our student athletes. We want the best officials possible. We want those those officials working their butt off to be there. And to me, that that depends on, you know, what is their feeling about their job? Are they feeling respected in what they do? And I can tell you, a lot of them do. A lot of them, a lot of them can can hold their head high, and they know, hey, I'm I'm doing this, and they can block out. But if I'm a new official, kind of reminds me of my first few years in the classroom. Exactly. Every yes. everything was like, oh my god, am I, am I doing this correctly? Right. You know, I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not making it worse for these kids and trying to help them. You know. Yeah. And it's that you know until you get to that point where you have that confidence level of of the work that you're doing, it can be very difficult to gain that self confidence. So if you're not being treated correctly and being respected, most likely you're not going to stay in that profession for long. I, I agree. I don't know how any official does it, to be honest. Every time I go to yeah. a game and I see the officials there, I'm like, I don't know where we found you. I'm glad we did. Yeah. And uh, the calls typically go both ways. Yeah. They get missed uh, both ways and they are accurate both ways. Mm -hmm. it, it tends to even out. And every coach I've ever talked to who's been doing it for a long time as, uh, as experienced says the exact same thing. I'm not going to get worked up about the officials because it's going to work both ways. We're going to get some calls. We're going to oh, lose yeah. some calls. If we're playing our game, it won't matter. Yep. No official is, well, I mean, now there's some documentaries about some that were fixing games at the college <laughs> level, but that's all the other thing. But, you know, at, at the high school level, there's not this big conspiracy that are going, you know, they're trying to undermine teams. Yeah. They're out there in good faith, trying to support high school athletics. And I'm glad to hear that there are those that can really hold their head high and rise above oh, yeah. all of this because it's not easy. And you're well, saying we're getting this at the admin level, which yeah. we are. We will get the abuse for trying to protect others from the abuse. And so yep. everybody's losing. And at what point do we look up and say, hey, where'd this cool school system go that I once enjoyed? Because yeah. good people aren't going to want to do this. Yeah. Um, but again, you still go back to those students and I see those smiling yeah. faces and those are the ones we're doing that for. Right. And, you know, it's, uh, well said. you know, the, the, the students are, are, you know, to be honest with you, flat out amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's part of what, what keeps me young. And even though this gray hair I have, you know, tells me that I'm old, I still truly, I still feel like I'm young when, when you're around those students and you see the student sections, um, you know, and just the positivity that comes out of them. But one thing I would add, Rob, is you sit there and all of your time around around high schools and athletics very few times have you ever seen a coach that's out there that is calm focused on his team focused on focused on the next you know moving forward 
very rarely do you see those are the communities that the parents yes. are, are, are out there just going off. To me, what I'm, what I'm really trying to get to is spectators really follow the lead of the coach. So if I'm a coach that's yelling and screaming and going after the officials, I'll tell you right now, that spectator group, no matter what school it is, is going to be doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, um, if, if the students see that and they see, oh, the coach is doing it, the fan, the, the parents are doing it, oh, we can do it too. And if there's not administration there to put a stop to it, you can see it's going to get out of hand very quickly. But all the coaches I've worked with that are more of, I would say, you know, like you said, you know, I understand it's good. Some are going to go my way. Some are going to go the other way. Maybe say, you know, let the official, hey, I disagree with that call. That's fine. Mm -hmm. It's okay to disagree with that call. I've never seen those parents are the ones <laughs> going crazy. And it's, I, I, it's why we have those meetings again and the importance of preseason meetings. If When the coach says, I'm the one who's handling that, not you. You know, I'm the one who's going to dress an official, yeah. not you. It's one of the things that uh, we talk about coaches being ejected. And, you know, I, I was I was amazed at seeing the number of assistant coaches over the years that have been ejected. And <laughs> as a former assistant coach, too, I remember the first the first thing a head coach told me, if you're ever talking to the ref, you're going to be in the stands. Well, what do you mean? If there's anything that needs to be said to an official, I'll right. be saying it as yeah. the head coach, not as an not as an assistant coach. And I remember talking to an, you know, one of our ejection meetings with a coach and explaining that to him. Oh, no, I'm, I can, I can do what I want. It's like, no, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. The head coach is the one running that sidelines, you know, and just like the head coach run that sidelines, those parents are going to take the initiative off what they see on that sidelines. Yeah. You know, and they'll, they'll follow that lead and they'll set, just like set the expectation, they'll follow through. And I, I, I harken back to my uh, club coaching days when I coached um, high school. I, my JV was sometimes my assistant, but largely it was me. But when I was coaching club, I was lucky enough where there were three of us. And I was the head coach and I had two assistants, but we really kind of rotated. And we all had an agreement that if one of us was getting worked up at the refs or whatever it might be, we would just take a lap. We would just walk away. The other two could take the game for a yeah. while and then we would come back and invariably it would depend on the game. One yeah. of us would be having a good day, a bad day. And we would all just walk away and just give up the reins because the parents were watching. Oh yeah. And we were fortunate enough to be able to lay down uh, some ground rules. It's, it's a little different with club because they're paying to play. And so you can say, Hey, look, here are our rules mm -hmm. and otherwise I'm making cuts. You have to agree to all this or you're, yep. you're out. The high school level is a little different cause they're not, you know, paying to do yep. this there. Uh, so it, it gets a little tricky, but I think you're right about the, the coaches setting the tone. I've also been incredibly fortunate that the vast majority of my coaches, just as you said earlier, know the parent that's going to be the issue. We're aware of that in tryouts and know how to handle them. Mm -hmm. And when I reach out and say, Hey, I had a little issue. And so it's so like, who was it again? They go, okay, I've got it. No problem. Yep. And that's very often the last I hear about it. Um, I've been seeing more and more, especially cause Tori's a high profile school. We've got people that aren't parents necessarily. So there'll, there'll be people in the stands that are just out mm -hmm. to mess things up yep. and are just no relationship other than with the sport. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they're there. Yeah. That's been a little trickier too, because the parents are like, what the heck's going on looking to me to solve this problem. And I actually found those are sometimes even easier to deal with. Cause when it's not a parent who feels like they have a right to be there, it's yeah. much easier to kick that person out. Yeah. 
because uh, they're the rabble rouser that's really setting a bad example for yeah. some others to jump in. And for me, I always just considered them just like parents and spectators. Mm -hmm. You're still going to meet this expectation. And if you're not, let me walk you out. You yeah, know, exactly. A, you can watch from behind those gates over there. There's a great view. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think the future holds? Do you think we're going in the right direction? You guys have already uh, done some good work with yeah. coaches and, and players as we've seen. Uh, and now we're trying to promote the bad bench behavior, uh, uh, toolkits for schools. Do you think we're going in the right direction? I mean, I'm going to kind of assume you think we are, but I'm kind of curious yeah. what you think the future holds for us. Yeah. You know, I think we need to take a strong stance, Rob. And I think it's something that, uh, if we went to each of our schools, you know, we have 132 schools right now throughout the San Diego section. Wow. And I'll show you 132 different ways and 32 <laughs> different, 132 different levels of what's appropriate. Yeah. You know, um, and that, that's part of that understanding of us getting on the same page. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter if you're a private, small private school, large private school, large public, small private, you know, any of those, we have to have that same expectation that if one of those parents is going to yell something or say something that's completely inappropriate, that it's being addressed. That's not where we're at yet. Right. I still think we're at a place where, you know, well, hey, you know, this is, you know, hey, you know, Tory parents, you know, it's like, how many times did we ever hear that? It's like, oh, well, yeah. well, that's not okay. Right. <laughs> you know? So so we have a, a bad reputation. It's not okay to, to live up to that bad reputation. Um, it needs to be addressed. That's what I do appreciate about the uh, the toolkits that have, that have been posted on not only our website, the state's, the state CIF website, and now NFHS with bench bad behavior. Mm -hmm. Love that coming through. One of the latest PSAs is like you talked about earlier is from a concert. Oh, really? You know, with the yeah. parent yelling, you know, Hey, you know, conductor, we heard this one last year, <laughs> you know, and it's like, where would you ever, you know, where would you ever do that? You know, it reminds me, um, we used to do a, a, a holiday concert at, uh, at Westview and the band conductor would get up and say, Hey, I know this is a gymnasium, but right now we just transported it to be, you know, you know, you're in a, you're in a concert hall mm -hmm. and in concert halls, this is what we do. You know, we clap when they perform, you know, that, you know, amazingly 1400 students that are here in a concert would have it, you know, in a few minutes. And you'd be like, how classic is that? That we, yeah. you know, the behavior has changed by setting the expectation. Um, but I still think we, that's work that needs to be done of throughout our section of understanding. No, you guys do. You do know the way that behavior is at your schools is unacceptable. You know, it's not appropriate. Yeah. Is that really meeting pursuing victory with honor? Is that really meeting the ethics and sports that we've talked about? No, it's not. And just because it's a tradition doesn't mean it needs, it needs to continue. The right tradition is doing the things the right way, you know, and setting that expectation. So when our student athletes, either the home or the visitor are coming in, it's a, it's an environment based upon respect. Yeah can still be a difficult environment to play in, can still be loud, can still be, you know, can still be really difficult, but it should be based upon respect and not demeaning the officials or the opponent. And I, I think you've hit the nail on the head right there that it, I've been tasking my staff to reconnect with their why, why they're in education. We've oh, been yeah. over the last few years been sort of jumbled about the how, like how are we going to teach all this stuff? Let's get back to the why so we can help our kids kind of figure out yeah. their why because I think they've forgotten it a little bit too. And I want our families to figure out that why. Why are we at these games? Why do these games exist? Mm -hmm. If we reconnect, I think we can get rid of this nonsense because at the games that are the most exciting and the most fun 
or when you're cheering for your team. Yeah. That's what makes basketball so exciting. There's so much scoring and so many opportunities for, uh, for you to cheer for something. When your goal there is, how can I tear somebody else down? Let's face it. It's just not as much fun yeah. for everybody. There's a few kids who think that's just hilarious. Oh, yeah. I'll deal with those. Yeah. But if we reconnect with what makes these events so much fun, and that's just seeing our kids compete and win or lose, yeah. uh, I think we can maybe start to quiet this a little bit. Well, yeah. And I think if you, you know, going in, I know what my role is in this office. Mm-hmm. I knew what my role was as a principal. I knew what I was doing as a teacher. I knew what I was doing as a coach. I struggled becoming a, you know, having been a former coach, I struggled being a parent spectator. Yeah. I mean, there were things I wanted my kid to know mm-hmm. <laughs> on the field. I wish I kind of had like one of those earpieces that could have been in and telling them what they need to do. <laughs> Cause you've seen it before. You see it from a different level, yeah. you know? Um, but I think it's, that was a hard learning for me. I, I really I actually went to one of our coaches at Westview, Bob McAfee, a great coach, uh, just retired. And, uh, you know, to me, one of those hall of fame coaches and Bob, you've been here before. How did you handle it as a parent? <laughs> and, he's, and he still told me, that. I still love this. He's like, you know, what you need is, you know, a popsicle. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> when that's in there, you can't be yelling at your kid. And it was like, I can't, but can't tell you how often I would have some form of popsicle later on when I was watching because I wanted to yell something. It took me, honestly, game after game of learning because it really is learning to, to manage your behaviors. I had to learn it. And look, look at what look at position I'm in. You know, I'm, exactly I'm, right. You know, I, I, athletics is what I do. High school athletics is my entire profession right now. And I still had to relearn how to be a spectator because it's, it's different. And you're at different points in your life. And let's be honest, we've all had bad days. Absolutely. You know, that you want to release some of that aggression, some of that, you know, ah, I got to let this out. And sometimes it was real easy to take it out on an official or take it out, you know, um, yelling just at the game. But, um, it, you know, you got to think, is that really the right thing to do? You know, and I, and I would say, no, <laughs> it's, it's not. You know, how many times, you know, if you sat down and, you know, I know you have children. Mm-hmm. I have two. You know. Um, I can't tell you how many times my kids have told me, dad, I don't, I don't want you yelling at me during the game. You know, there was a study done about 10 years ago where I think they interviewed 200, uh, division one athletes. And they said, what was your favorite experience in high school athletics? And they talked about being with their teammates. Yeah. What was your, what was your na- number one negative experience? The ride home with my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, because my parent was going to go through all the different negative things that I'd done, all the mistakes I'd made out on the court. The dreaded analysis yep. and the backseat. The, analysis, yeah. the backseat analysis, exactly. But also it's that it brought up that point of how often do we listen and get to our own kids? Because if you look at these PSAs that have gone out from NFHS through, through uh, the state CIF, those are all student-led. Yeah. Students are the ones doing those. And when you listen to the PSA, you know, what are our students saying? They don't want to hear you up there yelling. They don't want to hear you up there yelling at the officials, talking bad about other teams. They don't want that. They don't even want their student section to do that. Right. They want it to be fun. They want to hear great things going out. You know, they want to hear a positive, good environment. They don't want to be in a negative environment. So that's one of the questions, you know, we can even ask the parents at their issue. Have you talked to your, your son or daughter? Are they okay with you behaving like this? Because I'll bet you the answer is no. Absolutely right. And my, uh, my version of the popsicle was uh, tea. 
Yeah. I would bring tea to my kids' games because it felt very British and very calm. And it, it gave me something to do. Stoic is what I think. But yes. Okay. Uh, you know, the, yeah, the keep calm <laughs> and cheer on or something. Uh, and that was my trick. And I, I agree with you about the, uh, um, the, uh, the student perspective when I was coaching my club team. We were, uh, one of our coaches was an ex-Marine. And uh, the other coach was a uh, um, very smart, opinionated guy, and I, I could, I could be gregarious. And so between the three of us, we could get pretty energetic. And we decided to do a survey with the the players, and the number one they said their least favorite thing was when the parents and the coaches get super worked up at games. They mm-hmm. wanted us to be quiet, and it absolutely chilled us all. Yeah. We just went, "That's it." We're done. Mm-hmm. We're going to coach at practice, give them the skills. And at the games, we're going to clap and whatever happens, happens. They had more fun. The parents, have, everybody had more fun than this yeah. heated uh, nonsense we were getting into. Yeah. Uh, so I, it takes me back to, you know, like you're, you're building a lesson plan. You're seeing your class for the first time. You're going to set the expectations for the class. Mm-hmm. And, and most likely things are going to go well for the early, early parts when you're not going to have to do much changes on that. But something's going to arise. Yeah. And that to me is, you know, I mean, the seasons are long. They're, they're multiple months. You know, you're looking three to four months season for each of our fall, winter, and spring sports. You, you, you know, eventually, you know, setting that expectation needs to be followed through on. And that's the part where, you know, when I think parents start to see or even students start to see, hey, there's nobody at this game. And speaking of, hey, there's nobody at this game, uh, you've had a few of those already. It, do we see sort of a gloom and doom future where we could – have to go back to that kind of thing where we ban fans again for a while uh, with with uh, even individual schools or even countywide. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we're, we're far from that right now. Okay. You know, I think we're moving them for, for individual games where there's issues. Yeah. Um, could it get to the point where I would say certain schools and certain programs in, within a school? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow. You know, um, I, I actually can think of a few schools just off the top of my head right now that over the last two years have had multiple fan misconduct issues. And unfortunately, they could be very close to the point where, you know, even their site leadership over CIF would come in and say, unfortunately, we cannot have fans at these contests to, yeah. be, able, to be able to play them. And that that's what yeah. I would hope. I would hope that site leadership would step in before we'd have oh, to yeah. involve you guys in something yeah. like that and tell us we'd have to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's what's got me a, a little concerned at times when I see how intense it can get. And that the way to solve this is to say we're clearing the stands because it was pretty calm and people still played really, really well during that pandemic year with nobody in the stands. I felt terrible for parents, but the kids got to play and it was a heck of a lot easier for the, you know, the the four administrators at Torrey with 2,600 kids and Mm -hmm. the 28 varsity teams that we're trying to cover that go all the way in the state playoffs every year and almost every sport. Yeah. It's just grinding everybody into dust. Yeah. And so we've got to be nicer about this. Otherwise, uh, just like the refs, who's going to want to do this? Exactly. You, can, well, you, you can't end up burning, burning everybody out. Otherwise there's going to be no one there to, to, to make it happen. That's a perfect place to end. So Todd, Thank you so much for taking the time today. I know you're super busy, but I appreciate you uh, talking to me today about this important topic. Well, Rob, I think I thank you for the opportunity and the chance to to really speak about and get the message out about the importance of how our fans and spectators behave. Um, it is something we, we we completely appreciate. So uh, we know our we have no doubt our fans will meet our expectations when we set it. So thank you. 
see you soon in the center circle for some finals coming up here. There we go. Take care, Rob. That's all for today's episode. I want to thank Todd for joining me today, and I want to thank you for listening. If you found our conversation thought-provoking and want to know more, check out our Instagram, at Best for Kids Podcast, where you'll find resources and guest photos. To keep the conversation going, please rate and subscribe on whatever app you use for podcasts. But more importantly, I hope you stay curious and keep asking, what's best for kids? Thank you.